Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good day, Rush Nation. Welcome to the Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sports Show. Slightly different voice that you're hearing this week. You're probably used to hearing Mark doing the presenting, but Mark has fled the country and has gone to Italy. Um, He did tell me where in Italy, but I've completely forgot where he actually said. And um, as far as I'm aware, he is doing absolutely fine over there. He's loving it. The weather is a little bit better than what it is here. Um, You would think that he is fine dining on pizzas, pastas and lovely wine and gelato and things like that. But actually, he sent us a picture earlier, Jack, didn't he, that he's enjoying a McDonald's over there. So typical Mark. Stuff yep. in his face with the Mackies, which it's to be fair, it's new to Mark this year, and I'm sure he's probably had lots of pasta and pizza and stuff like that in his life. So go go and enjoy your Mackies, Mark. <laughs> it, it was a happy meal. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, it, and and he didn't specifically say that it was for his children or anything. So yeah. I can only assume that Mark is on the fish finger happy meal as it as things stand it over in Italy. <laughs> he just put the little toy in there. Yeah. <laughs> Elfish fingers over there. Um, you might notice for anyone that is watching the show, or if you're listening to this back, there is a familiar voice that you've heard there in the background. That is Mr. Jack Humphrey, friend, great friend of the show. He's been on a couple of times this season and in the off season. And anyone that is in the community on Twitter who follows Fantasy or DFS will, of course, know Jack. Um, how are things with yourself, Jack? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, you've had me back again. This is, you know, yeah. this is. I'm honoured. I'm honoured, mate. To be honest, again, well, be back. And... You you are on a hot streak. So it, it, with Mark out of the country, there was no one better to to get on this week than the man who is just stealing everyone's money at the moment. Yeah, it's, the last three weeks have been kind to me. I've got to admit. Um, I'd say the team that me and Barrett built two weeks ago just went absolutely nuts mm. um but that only comes second in the slate that team because i sort of done a little edit to that team but we had chris godwin in the team that we built and then i thought i'm going to use the same team but i'm going to put mike evans in instead of chris godwin and mike evans scored a touchdown in that game yeah i ended up beating the the team that we built by 0.6 or something like that points and yeah 
So I ended up coming first, second, and third three weeks ago, which was nice. <laughs> every time, every time there is some kind of NFL contest, I open either my WhatsApp or my Twitter DMs. Or just Twitter notifications in general, and I'm seeing Jack at the top of leaderboards. One of my friends was actually doing really well on the uh, on the red zone on on Sunday, and Jack, you absolutely eclipsed him in them late games. Um, if he wasn't going to win, I was happy that you did, mate. To be honest, because I was nowhere close to winning. So, yeah, but you've you've been absolutely tearing it up. And one of the things I wanted to just ask you, Jack because there'll be people that will be listening that I, I know we've like preaching to the choir almost with anyone who's into their NFL, but there's a lot of new faces in this community this year. Um, people that have been playing FPL, there's a lot of people getting into the NFL. And I think be, because we've got fan team, that, that has been one of the reasons why people are naturally playing things like the EPL monsters on fan team. And NFL is one of the best sports to play on the and in DFS in general, I think, especially because we're we're spoiled a little bit with red zone. One of the things that you have been discussing or mentioning a lot on Twitter recently is around process. And it was more so just for anyone that is new to this or anyone that, that has been playing a while that is maybe struggling or doesn't really understand some of the thought process that goes into picking a lineup when you refer to process in your tweets and in your mentions what is it that you're meaning specifically not not necessarily what your process is end to end jack because yeah. i don't want to obviously give away your secrets because it's working but when you talk about process what are the kind of things that feed into that no it's a good question and i'm there was something i was going to do in the off season was trying to write an article about process with dfs etc um when i get a little bit more time basically when the nfl season's over but my process is I take a look at the games, the slate. So, for instance, let's use tonight's game because it's a showdown slate. It's easier to use a one-game sample, for example. So, tonight we've got the 49ers versus the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. I, I look at the game. I look at the matchup the, per position to start with. That's where I always start. So, the QB. How? So, for instance, Jimmy Garoppolo, how many points are the Tennessee Titans giving up to opposing quarterbacks on the season? I look at things like that. I look at it in the last two weeks, the last four weeks. And so I break that down per position. I then look at the over-unders in the game, what Vegas is telling us, what the score's potentially going to be. So tonight, um, they're looking at around the 44-point mark. Um, so it's not projected to be a very high-scoring game. I actually think it's going to go over that, personally. But Yeah, I do as well. Get, we can maybe get to that later. Um so, yeah, they're my first two major processes. Then I then, for tonight's game, for example, again, I get I, I look at the players that are involved. I create a player pool of my own. So I've already created a player pool tonight, and I've dwindled that down to 18 players from the slate. <laughs> I then build projections. So I project how many points so-and-so is going to score. Like I've got Jimmy Garoppolo for about 280 passing yards tonight because you can pass on Tennessee. That's their weakness. Um, so I've got Jimmy Garoppolo for about 280 passing yards tonight. Um, I've got AJ Brown. He's he's my highest projection tonight. I, I think he's going to go nuts coming back off this injury as well. So I really like AJ Brown. Um, so, yeah, I do that. Build my own projections. Put it all together. <laughs> and then... I, but it's also 
because you've got captains and vice captains on fan team. So you have to, within that player pool, I try and pick out three players that I want to have as a captain. Um, so my, I'm going to, I'll tell everyone my captains tonight. It's George Kittle, Debo Samuel and AJ Brown. So they're my captains. And for tonight's slate, I want to pair my captain. I want to make the vice captain the quarterback for that person. So Debo Samuel, it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, AJ Brown, Ryan Tannehill. Um, so that's another thing I do. I look at within my player pool. I create a player pool within that for captains and vice captains. Um, but yeah, that, that's the main thing I've really learned in the last sort of three weeks. Like just trick. You can look. I used to look at the slate, and it's a bad process doing that. You look at it, you think, mm, yeah, so and so's got a good matchup. Yeah, stick them in, and I'd build blindly. I'd, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a good idea. I think you need to create a player pool, create scenarios in your head, and then you have to go. There's a lot of like luck and gut feeling about things as well. You have to go with your gut on certain players. Like that game that I had the win on last Sunday, which was the Packers and the Vikings game. I had to get talked to, not sorry, the Packers and the Ravens game. I had to get talked into a little bit of by Mark, uh, for Mark Andrews. Um, yep. I didn't, he wasn't projecting very highly in my model. It's something I went back and took another look at. And I was like, well, what do backup tight end, uh, backup quarterbacks actually do when they get involved in, when they become the starter of the game? They they look for the short passes underneath and that's to the tight end of the slot receiver. Yep. So I then boosted up Mark Andrews and then I built my team for there. Um, obviously my red zone teams have been a bit different. That's another process I've learned in the last sort of three or four weeks. I've become heavily involved in these heavy game stacks. So I find a game that I really like that's going to be a high scoring game. I'll use the example that me and Barrett done, which was the Buffalo Bills and Tampa Bay game. Um, me and Barrett projected that to go 60 points or over. It did. Um, it had to. I mean, if it, if it didn't hit that, then that's... But I, I'm sure, I think we mentioned this in the, the summer, Nick, that you within DFS, you build a team that can come last. Yeah. Um, but has that high ceiling and it can always come first. So yeah. if that didn't hit 60 points, that game, for example, that team could have busted and come last. But that is generally my process. Again, it's something in the summer I'm going to write about and... I might even do a couple of little pod series on it just so people understand it a bit more. Um, unfortunately, I just don't really get the time mm. at the minute. I'm always happy to help people. So if you ever want to DM me or message me, I, I, I get people messaging me at the minute asking for help. Um, I'm always happy to help. Uh, but just to also know that I have zero control over these players. Yeah. That are on that <laughs> so, but that's just, that is generally my process. I hope that sort of helps people out and, I hope it made sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And one of the things that you just mentioned there, Jack, as well, which we did touch on it in the summer when we did that little series of of strategy pods, but um, you mentioned about creating a lineup that could finish first, but it could finish last. And I think this is sometimes where people fall down in DFS is, as much as it would be nice to own, you know, the, 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 all the popular players, shall we say, that's not necessarily going to win you a slate yep. because you're likely picking people there who everyone else who doesn't highly necessarily... Owned. Yeah, highly owned players, people that don't necessarily come at this from a strategic point. 
they'll just go on and like you said, Jack, they'll look at the slate and they'll be like, yeah, I like him, I like him, I like him. Guesswork, casual playing, that kind of thing. And you can get a step up on people like that by thinking outside the box a little bit. And when you, you're building your lineup, thinking, right, well, you know, I, I could play this guy who maybe 40% of the people that are playing are also going to pick. So I'll keep up with that part of the field or I could maybe look at, I'm a little bit unsure of him for whatever reason. I could maybe look at this guy who is going to be less than 10% owned, but if he goes off, he's going to give me a massive advantage over the other guy. And that's a little bit of what we're saying is don't, you know, when you're building your lineups, don't be scared to be a little bit contrarian with your picks because ultimately that is the kind of thing that is going to set you apart from the rest. I know you've had some success in recent weeks on fan teams specifically, Jack, where you have been doubling up on tight end, that yeah. in itself is is a is a, a win or bust strategy because we know how volatile the tight end position can be. However, we also know that a tight end on certain teams is a number one receiver. Um, the the Ravens are a prime example of that. Mark Andrews, I know um, Marquis Brown has obviously had a, a fantastic season up to this point, but number one receiver there really is Mark Andrews. Yeah. You know Kyle Pitt in Atlanta, there'll be certain weeks where you can really take advantage of some of the pricing with tight ends because they do tend to be a lot cheaper than the the higher end receivers that you own as well and that twin tight end set alone, because a lot of people won't go down that route, if you've got a week where you're picking a fourth receiver or a third running back and they don't perform but that tight end does you've, you've got a massive head start then on the field what I have noticed on fan teams lately as well, a lot of people, I mean, I'm guilty, I'm guilty of this. For the first few weeks of the season I was doing it, I was playing three running backs. Um, and I don't actually think that's a good strategy because you need the running backs to do a lot. And if one of them misses, which is very, we have to take into account the position that they play as well. The running back is a, it's a horrible position. They get beat up badly through the season. Injuries can occur like, at snap like any that's probably the number one position in all of football that gets injured the most yeah um so it's such a volatile position like that i've noticed that and it it was was something i was very guilty of earlier on in the season and it's something i've moved away from entirely now i will either play the four wide receivers or like you've mentioned nick the two tight ends which in the last three weeks has just been smashing for me yeah, I think as well, the thing with running backs, Jack, is that 70% of the league now really operates some kind of committee running back approach. Yeah. Um, you know, even, and I'm using the Rams as an example here, because I know the Rams, I watch them week in, week out. And even in recent weeks, I know Daryl Henderson has picked up the odd knock here and there. And he had the week where he was, I think he was COVID exempt. Um, but you've you've seen this most recent week where we've played Seattle, Sony Michelle, you know, Daryl Henderson starts the game, he's practically in for every snap, Sony Michelle suddenly starts taking snaps, suddenly starts running well. And there's a lot of teams that, that do have that approach where there is a bit of a share of the carries, even if there's a running back that's coming in taking five to ten touches away from a starting running back, it's hurting the production, especially if it's not necessarily um, a starting running back that is contributing a lot out of the backfield. You know, there's few and far between Derrick Henry type running backs yeah. across the league now. Um, you see it, like you say, you see it everywhere. Dallas, for example, Tony Pollard, you see yeah. him. 
taking stuff away from Zeke. T- Tony Bollard, to me, still looks like a better running back at the minute, at mm. the, where they are. Um, you see with the Giants, the, the Saquon Barkley, they draft this guy in the first round, number two overall pick, and you've got someone like Devontae Booker coming in, mm. taking 10 snaps in the game, stealing targets, things like that. And to be honest, he looks a better runner at times. Yeah, yeah definitely. So these are the kind of things that I think people have got to think about when, when they're also putting the lineups together is, are you building a lineup that's going to be middle of the pack or are you going to build a lineup that is either, it, it could go off, it, it might not do, that is always the risk. Yeah. But if it does go off, you're going to be up there in the cash spaces because the guys that you own, or there will be certain guys that you own that will be low-owned, which is what's going to set you apart from the rest of the field. Um, No, but fantastic that about the process, Jack, and I'm sure very helpful for some of the viewers and listeners that we have. Um, You mentioned about the uh, the Thursday game tonight and, and talking about that, so I think it would be rude if we didn't at least look at the um, look at the slate there. So that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to look at that Thursday night game, uh, which of course is the 49ers and the Titans. Um, one thing I did just want to bring to people's attention is with fan team, you obviously have the the normal um, the, the normal sort of one pound sixty eight entry or two euros, I think it is for people playing across Europe. Um, and then you've, you've got the higher entry fee for these Thursday night games, and they tend to be for Monday night games as well and the late games on the Sunday. Um, but if you're feeling lucky, and I know you've had some successes on these recently as well, Jack, you've got the, the satellites to the red zone contest, so you're entering something at £1.26. Um, you, you'll be, a, well, that one, for a prime example, the 10 seats guaranteed. So if you're coming in the top 10 there, um, you've got yourself a free entry into the, well, I say free entry, you've paid £1.26 to basically enter um, the red zone contest on Sunday, and that will be the mid-level entry, which is usually around £10, um, and gives you the chance then to win the higher pot rather than the, the lower pot. And the advantage of playing these satellites is that there tends to be less people that enter them, so you're up against a smaller field than you would be in the, the normal standard Thursday night showdown slate. We've also got the satellites to the World Cup of Fantasy Football, which has been postponed slightly, but is still going ahead, I believe, in February. Um, so there's two different ones. We've got the step one to the €55, Euro, which would then give you access to the step two. And if you win that step two, obviously you're getting a ticket for the World Cup of Fantasy Football. You've played some of these recently, Jack, haven't you? And I'm it's almost certain you've won some tickets on them because you've been winning at everything else. Yeah, so I've got a ticket into the World Cup of Fantasy Football, which is great. I, I managed to use my strongest lineup in that in, in that competition last week, um, and I've now got another step two ticket for this week, and I've already entered into the step two contest for this week. But um, I mean, the, it's not my final team. As we, I'm sure we're going to touch on the COVID situation shortly, but um, I, I will certainly be looking at that about half past five on Boxing Day evening, um, just to <laughs> make sure I'm still happy with it. Yeah. So with tonight's game, um, we've got the 49ers and the Titans. First of all, Jack, which way do you see this game going? I think the Titans win. Yeah, um, I think I'm, I'm. That's the way I'm leaning at the moment. 
I, I, I like the Titans. They're at home. I, I tend to sort of favour the home team anyway. Um, and their defence has been playing a little bit better in the last few weeks. Against Jimmy G, it's whether you trust Jimmy G. I, I know you can get at the, um, t- the Titans' defence with, with opposing wide receivers. I mean, they're 27th against opposing wide receivers on the um, season, the Titans. So they're not particularly great. But they do defend the run well. They've only given up the sixth most fantasy points against the run on the season. Um, and that is the DNA of the 49ers. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think from what you've said there, then, I mean, the 49ers running back situation puts me off most weeks, if I'm being honest anyway, because they are one of the teams that we mentioned that do operate a committee approach. And even when you think, right, well, you know, Mitchell's out, next man up, um, it, it, it's it's still one of those backfields where it almost goes off the hot hand. You know, Jeff Wilson could start the game, but Hasty could break off a 40-yard run. And before you know it, Hasty's had most of the snaps that night and you've piled all your your, your hope into Jeff Wilson. So I, it's one of them backfields I hate going near anyway. But is there any interest from you for the backfield in Tennessee since Derek Henry's gone down? I mean, yeah, there is. Again, I've got all of these guys within my player pool tonight, Dante Foreman, uh, Jeff Wilson for the 49ers, um, Jermichael Hasty. I've got Hillard uh, for the Titans. I've got Pickles <laughs> as well. They're all with, they're all within my player pool. You know, like you say, Nick, it's not neither running back room is particularly great. No. Um, out of everyone, I think the Fonte Foreman is probably my favourite play out of all the running backs, just because I, from what I've seen of the Titans in recent weeks as well, you have to bear in mind the Fonte Foreman uh, drafted by the Texans in 2017, um, Tories. ACL, I believe, in his rookie campaign in the preseason game of football. He had one really good snap and then he tore it on the next snap in preseason. Um, but he he was very highly regarded coming out of college, Defonte Foreman. Yeah. And it's just he's just never recovered from that injury, obviously cut from the Texans, been on a couple of other teams. But from what I've seen with the Titans and the way he runs, he, he, I'm not going to say he's Derek Henry because he's but he he looks like Derek Henry, but he's, he's yeah. you know you, you get what I mean. He's not Derek Henry. No one can replace Derek Henry. But he's running hard for that team, and out of this running back quarter tonight, he's probably my favourite play. Yeah, he's coming off a, a big week as well. He had 108 rushing yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, yeah. and not a shabby showing the week before that as well with uh, 47 rushing yards, 15 receiving yards, and a touchdown against Jacksonville. Um, so yeah, I I like that play. And eleven point eight is fairly reasonable, really, for a running back. If you're just including him within the pool, if you're not going to be um, necessarily captain in that running back, because um, I know that you said your um, you, like AJ Brown and Kittle yeah. were on your radar for this uh, this slate this evening, Jack. So I think eleven point eight is more than reasonable for a running back if you're looking to include someone like that in there. I think the the strength of this slate does lie with, I know we've got Kittle there in the tight ends, but it certainly for me lies with that top end receiving core of yep. Samuel, AJ Brown, Brandon Ayuk. And surely there's got to be a week where Julio Jones just shows us a little bit of a glimpse of what Julio Jones used to be. <laughs> Whether that I, is this week or not, who knows? I, I have no interest in Julio. He, he, he pulled his hamstring at the end of that game last week. Um, 
Uh, yeah, he just doesn't look right. He doesn't look like the same player he once Doesn't was, look like who he looks like a yeah. like a shadow of his former self, doesn't yeah. he? Which is a shame because he, I mean he was arguably the greatest receiver um, about three or four years ago in the league. Like for me personally, he was one of the best receivers in the league. Um, so it's a shame, but yeah, I, I can't play him. He's not in my player pool tonight. I've left him out. I, I, I can't play him just because, I mean, he could play one, one snap and get injured straight away. He could pull that hamstring again. It's just too risky for me to get involved in with Julio. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'm inclined to say exactly the same. I would be looking at these three, Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, yeah. Brandon Ayuk. But outside of that, again, with the receivers, I think it's, it's a little bit hit and miss. I think if if you've got someone like um, I know that whilst AJ Brown's been on the sideline, there's been the odd game where Westbrook Akini has had decent games. Um, you know, Joanne Jennings occasionally pops up for the Forty ers <laughs> but again, you can't really trust him. And I don't think some of these guys at nine point eight, seven point two, I don't think they're quite cheap enough. Where the they really excite me. There's someone that I think you're an absolute must include. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I've got a couple of them guys within my player board. Chester Rogers, um, Westbrook, Akini, well within, and Jennings is they're all in my player pool. But like you say, you need um, you need a lot of luck with some yeah. of these guys. You need them just to get a, I don't know, like a fifty yard bomb down the field and catch it, yeah. catch it in the end zone. Um, you need a lot of luck to go your way. Yeah. And the thing is, you you have got to include players like that, haven't you, Jack? Because yep. you are, at the end of the yep. day, on a limited budget, especially when you're playing showdown, because as soon as you set your captain on someone, you, yep. straight away, you, you, you've eaten a chunk of your budget there, because your captain, I think, on fan team is, is 1.5, and then your vice captain, I think, is 1.25 of the value. Um, so, again, it's... Or 1.2 of the value, even not 1.25. Yeah. So you have to include these kind of guys, but obviously don't be relying on them. I think it's good to have you building lineups with set players. It's good to have a bit of a, a mix and a bit of exposure to a few of them. So if yeah. if you're differentiating between your lineups, if there's say three or four core players that you really like, those other two that you don't, just switch them up and multi-enter. And then That's hopefully it. there's some kind of exposure there across all your lineups. So what I have been doing with these showdown slates as well, I've been obviously again like going back to my process. You you get a game script in your head. You think you you predict something that could happen. Um, so if you want to get cheaper, I've been playing the defense as well. Um, so for instance, I I mean I'm surprised at that that 49ers is more expensive this week. The Tennessee Titans are playing at home. I I much prefer their defense this week. I actually really like captain defense, even <laughs> if it's just one lineup. I just like doing it because, do you know what? If you hit on it, you know, defenses, again, we know they're not notoriously high scoring um, unless you're the New England Patriots. But then you've got, there's there's the odd weeks where if you catch them on the right week, it, it's such a good differential plays. Merck would be loving me for saying this, but you know, 23 points against the Jags, the 16 against the Rams who were flying high at that point, the Chiefs 17, 13 against the Jags again, uh, 10 against the Colts. For what you're paying, if you can captain a defense because of the price there as well, 
by putting them as captain, it doesn't eat that much into your budget. And if you do manage to get them on the right week, it can be fortuitous. But the risk is, um, if the other team comes to play, then you could have a week where you're scoring two or three with your defence. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah, you and Mark are just mad sometimes. So, so. <laughs> um, Mark and these two goalie stacks. That Mark a do, little um... bit more so. Yeah, do you know what? I think that's a mixed sport thing as well. Mark seems to just love playing any any sport that has a goalkeeper or a goaltender. Mark plays two of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I just give um, your listeners one of my lineups tonight, and then yes, yeah, yes. that. I'm going to build um, this as you telling me, Jack. <laughs> right. So, AJ Brown was the captain. Right. Um, Tanner Hill as vice captain. You put Jimmy G in there. <laughs> oh, dear me. <laughs> yep. Tennessee Titans defense. Yep. Um, Devontae Foreman. Yep. Debo Samuel and Jawan Jennings. And that leaves you with 1.21 in the bank, but you do not need to worry about that when you're playing showdown because right. money in the bank, you don't have to spend every penny. You don't have to spend every penny when you're paying the reds and playing the red zone slate. But thinking this, because there is such a difference in price from one player to an, another, um, you know, there will be times where you will have budget remaining. That's not a bad thing, but that is a really, really good team, Jack. I like that. Yeah, I like it as well. But um, I think we're going to be sharing the winnings now with about 200 people. <laughs> this, uh, we'll, we'll, this... we'll get our money back. Yeah, there's, there's going to there's gonna be so many people. Hopefully, if anyone is listening, it is tomorrow morning and they, they've missed the boat on this. But no, that's it's a fantastic team. And again, it, it just shows if you can include the likes of Jennings and yep. you've thrown in the defence there, which is cheap, 7.3, yep. and it's the cheaper defence of the two as well. Um, you know, being able to stack AJ Brown, Tannehill, Foreman, and having exposure to Samuel there, who's yep. been the X factor in that San Francisco offence this season, um, and captain AJ Brown as well. You're not even having to look at captaining someone mm-hmm. who is priced cheaper to try and fit them in your lineup. You're captaining one of the guys that you'd expect would score really well in this kind of game. So that's fantastic. And still still got money in the bank. Um, But just remember, guys, on these showdown slates, you do not have to spend all your money. Yes, absolutely. I'll be entering that myself, Jack. Thank you very much. Before we do move on to the main event, which of course will be covering the Red Zone slate on Sunday, um, just a little bit of housekeeping as we usually do. Um, yeah, Mark, again, I'm hoping is in Italy proudly sporting his Manscaped t-shirt like I know he loves doing on these Thursday pods, especially because it is Thursday. Um, But just to let you know that support for all Five Yard Rush podcasts, including the Daily Fantasy Sports Show, is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Uh, Manscaped have recently launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. Fantastic tool. Don't neglect the area. Um, if there is any ladies listening to the show, unfortunately, you are probably just outside of Christmas postage now. Um, but 
keep an eye out. You never know Boxing Day sales on Manscaped. I don't know if they do exist, but get on there and treat your fella to uh, to a nice bit of um, the lawnmower 4.0. You cannot go wrong with this tool. So many great features to it. Um, I'm seeing the advert more and more on TV. Jack, um, absolutely stunned that they've not asked me to uh, to special guest on it, to be honest. But hey ho, there you go. What can you do? There's only so much you can talk about something before you, you you've got to take the hint. Um, what I would urge you to do, listeners, is join over two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. We have twenty percent off and free worldwide shipping. When you get to the checkout at manscaped.com, just enter the code Five Yard. So manscaped.com code five yard at the checkout and you will get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Unfortunately, as I said, you will have missed the Christmas postage now. Um, but I would say this isn't just for, it's a little bit like a dog, the old lawnmower 4.0. It is not just for Christmas. It is for life. So get yourself on there and treat yourself this winter. Awesome, Jack. I think it is time then where we talk about the red zone slate on Sunday and I can feel my voice getting slightly croakier and croakier. I, I don't know if it sounds that way, but I am hoping that you are ready to talk, talk, talk about what is coming. So here we go. Sunday slate. We'll start as we usually do. We're going to build a lineup and you know what? I'm going to take a leaf out of your book, Jack. I'm hoping we're going to build a twin tight end lineup with this uh, but we will see where we go with it okay. and we'll see what is available so we will start with the quarterbacks I looked at this earlier and mixed bag for me this this week there's some that I really like and some that I don't like but unfortunately the ones I really like seem to be near the top of the list is there anyone that's caught your eye specifically in this group of gunslingers this week I mean I think Justin Herbert's going to catch the eye of people because they're going to look yeah. at the matchup but on paper it's not actually the easiest matchup the Texans on the season have only given up the ninth most fancy points to opposing quarterbacks now that is probably a lot to do with the game script because once the teams get up on them they just run the ball mm. so a lot of that could be down to that as well but <laughs> I my favorite expensive play I, I actually like I really like Tom Brady as well because I think he's going to play really angry this week and I I, I feel for that Carolina t- uh, team but I just think they're going to come up against a buzzsaw in Tom Brady's not going to be a happy person after putting up zero points the other day. He doesn't um, have two bad weeks in a row normally, does he? No, no. Um, I know he's going to be without a few key players. Godwin Evans is fifty fifty at the minute, but he's got Gronk. That's all that matters, <laughs> and yeah, uh, he's, he's got pl- pl- playoff Tonio is back in back in the uh, room as well. So um, we'll <laughs> we'll see how they go. But my favourite expensive option is Matthew Stafford. It, this is my favourite game of the week. This is the game I'm stacking. It's the Rams and the Vikings. It's um it's it's going to be a high scoring game, I believe. The only thing I would worry about with Stafford is, tr- I mean, we see that we saw this last week with the Cardinals traveling traveling across country. When they played the Lions, they ended up putting up a horror show. They they sort of got it back within the last quarter, but sometimes it's weird. it's a weird thing, Nick, isn't it? Sometimes you get these West Coast teams and they go across the East Coast and they just don't adjust, especially when they're uh, kicking off at that one pm, which this game is as well. It's the one pm time slot. But I'm looking at the matchup. It's going to be a high scoring game from what I can see. The Vikings, you can their their defense is just not very good, but you can get at the secondary. Um, 
so yeah, I, I like Matt Stafford at that price at nineteen point eight million. He's my favourite play at the top this week. Yeah, I I agree with you there, and I think um, outside of Tom Brady, of course, I think when you look at the games this week, that game is if you're going to do a big game stack, that game looks to me like the one to to target because it's two high scoring teams. I'm really worried about the Rams though this week. It's a short turnaround for them having yeah. played on on Tuesday with the um, with the rescheduled game, and though they came through that game fairly unscathed. Um, Seahawks are a physical team, so I just hope it hasn't taken it out of them. And like you said, travelling from one side of the country to another, um, though it's though it doesn't seem like that much. Um, even just travelling from here to just as an example, you know, New York, and that's a little bit of an extreme because New York yeah. is is about a sort of a six, seven hour flight, depending on where you're flying from in the UK. But, um, you know, when you land, that can take it out of you sometimes. Yeah. You, just being on the road and that short week as well. I know I completely get that. Um, on the it's, flip a four side, hour, it's a four hour flight from coast to coast in America. Yeah, so and it, you know, being sat on that plane and, and the, the potentially different planes to the kind that me and you fly on, Jack. You know, yeah, but course, yeah. at the same time, it's it's a, a late game on the Tuesday, and then flying over and playing on the Sunday. Short recovery time. Vikings needing wins. Um, it's it's a tough game, and I do worry in that one. And though Matt Stafford is still putting up good scores, um. His turnovers have, have concerned me a little bit in recent weeks as well. Um, on the other side of the field, Kirk Cousins at seventeen point one. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm interested in that as well. I mean, I know Kirk Cousins hasn't turned the ball over. That, that this is a concern of mine. I know he hasn't turned the ball over a lot this season. I think it's what four times the whole year. He's he's been very good, very safe with the ball in his hands, but. He's going up against a, a very, very good defense in the Rams. Like this is, you've got Aaron Donald, Von Miller, you've got Jalen Ramsey back from COVID. Um, this is a legit defense, and I, I do worry because I'm, I'm, I'm presuming Jalen Ramsey will shadow uh, Jefferson the whole game. Um, Thielen is still fifty-fifty. We don't know. I do think he will play because there was a chance that he could have played the other day actually. Um, so I do think that he will play, but we've seen it before with Cousins. He gets locked into a guy, and maybe Jefferson's not the guy you want to be locked into this week when he's being shadowed by Jaden Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, I, I I do like it, Jack, and I think there's a there's a good stack there that you can put together, yeah. and I think there is the case then where you can you can build a really strong lineup with players from both sides. If you were playing a Matt Stafford, for example. One of the things I noticed, and I'm jumping the gun here, but I felt like the Rams' defense was priced really nicely this week at 7.4. Would that be something that you would look to stack, or would you be completely exploiting the skill positions if you're picking Matt Stafford or Kirk Cousins here? Mark's going to shout at you now for going to defense way too early. Here, so, <laughs> um, no, it's not something I'm going to be doing. Um, there is a, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before, there's a tactic I like to do. I like to stack my defense with one of my running backs. Um, gives you good, a, a bit of good coloration within that game. And I like to do that. So, no, it's not something I want to do. We'll get onto defenses, I suppose, in a minute. There's a much cheaper defense that I like this week. Yeah. Um, that's going to be, a, it's in a great spot. Um, yeah. In, so I, I will certainly be stacking Stafford with the skill guys. Cup, Cup's on this slate. I'm playing Cooper Cup. I don't care how much he is. 
the guy is just putting up. I mean, he's seen double digit targets in every game except one this season, and in that one game, he still had nine targets. So, yeah, he's <laughs> his scoring is is frightening this year, and like you yeah. said, I think. You you could you could probably price him at this stage at, at thirty, and I'd I'd still have interest in him um, yeah. because you know look at look at some of those scores in recent weeks. We'll come to Cooper Cup, but I am more than happy to slide Matt Stafford in there purely because I am a Ram, um, yeah. but also because I'm with you, Jack. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Rams on the road. The, Ram, Rams. Rams still need to win the games. They've got a tough schedule to end the year. And they still need to win those games because the Niners are winning games and are, are just, just, just on the shoulder. The the neck and neck with the Cards now in the NFC West race. Um, the Cards seemingly doing what the Cards do every year and faltering when it when it comes to the last sort of 25 metres of the 100 metre race. But yeah, I, I do like it. And the stack that you can put together through the receivers is is always good when when you're talking the Rams. Stafford and Cup is money. Do you know what? I'm just going to go to the receivers. And I'm just going to put Cup yeah, straight just, in right just now, just, just so we know what we're playing with uh, more uh, than anything. Uh, honestly, just to your listeners, if Cooper Cup's on the slate, just play him. It, literally, I, I don't care what the he could be owned at 99. I don't care. Just play him. Um, I'm ho- I'm hoping that the price being 24.1 puts people off a little bit yeah. this week. It might put a few off. I suspect he'll still be fairly highly owned, especially if people are going to start Stafford as well. Um, can but- I just briefly mention, just going back to the quarterbacks as well? Um, I do. There's another game that I do like as well, and it's Baltimore and the Bengals. Yes. Yeah, I love just that so- as well. I actually really liked Joe Burrow when I was looking at this. Um, earlier on, um, Joe Burrow, when he played the Ravens a little earlier in the season, he had a really good game three passing yep. touchdowns, 416 yards. So, I really like that. And again, I think there's there's a great stack you can put together there for a Definitely. reasonable price in that game. But yeah, we'll yep. we're, we'll go with we're going with Stafford, we're going with Cup, we're moving on to the running backs, Jack. This page this week is. So concerning for me. Um, yellow, <laughs> yellow marks everywhere on almost any running back that I would have been considering. Green marks next to the ones that, as a rule of thumb, I tend not to look at. Um, but yeah, from from this slate of running back, this feels like one of the weaker weeks of running back. We've looked at some weeks where I've looked at running back and I've thought, I'd love to play three, I'd love to play four. Um, and even though we've mentioned earlier on this show that playing three is not always a great strategy in this, yeah. um, with these running backs this week, I dare say I'll definitely only be playing two. Um, yeah. But we've got to pick the two that we're going to be playing, Jack. So who have you got your eye on in these running backs? Um, I'll briefly mention, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to look at Patterson against the Lions. Um I would be a little bit wary because Patterson's banged up at the minute and they've been mixing up Mike Davis back in with that system, which is really annoying to, for fans. <laughs> like, it really is annoying. And but, season um, long as well, I'm sure. Yeah. A lot of people on Patterson's season long. So, because so, uh, I've, I've, I mean, he's got that big green next to him. So everyone's going to be like, oh, nice matchup. He's yeah. got green next to him. Um, so I'm moving away from that. And again, this is another play that I'm going to be moving away from because I, I think a lot of people are going to go to it and just, 
get involved in it. It's Ronald Jones. And Ronald Jones, I'm getting away from it for a reason. There's, I try not to include... This is something I should have mentioned within my process, actually. I try not to include recency bias within my process. But I've always had a thing with Ronald Jones that I never really liked the player coming out of college because he doesn't... Um, pass block, uh, run block or pass block or anything like that. Um, and a lot of people go, oh, it doesn't matter for fantasy. Well, it does because ultimately, ultimately it's what gets you on the field of play. Um, you have to be able to do everything as a running back. Um, so it does matter for fantasy. And we've seen with Bruce Arians before with Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones has fumble issues. No doubt about it. There's, he has a lot of fumbling issues. And Bruce Arians is not afraid to take him out of the game. So... I am very wary of Ronald Jones, and I think a lot of people are going to see it. Leonard Fournette out. A lot of people are going to go to it, and I, I, I understand the play because there's a lot of other pieces out for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, the Carolina defense is not what it was at the start of the season anymore. I believe you can get at it in a lot of ways, but the players that are around him are the guys that I'm more interested in at lower ownership. So I'm interested in David Montgomery. You can run on Seattle. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm interested in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We've just seen what you what the Fonte Foreman done. And I, I, again, a lot of people, I don't particularly like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as a running back, but um, we've just seen what Dante Foreman done. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a much better running back at this stage than the, the Fonte Foreman. Um, I'm interested in Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders doesn't have a rushing touchdown all season, which is concerning. But in the last three weeks, he's just seeing yardage. And he's putting up the stats for yardage. For some reason, the Eagles get a bit excited. They they see Jordan Howard as their goal line back. Don't really understand it, but they get a bit excited about it. So fair play to them. So massive um, yardage in the last two weeks. That had completely yeah. flown under my radar. That exactly. And the Giants have given up the twenty seventh most fancy points to opposing running backs in the last two weeks. So Miles Sanders is in. I, I like Miles Sanders a lot. He's one of my favourite plays this week. That's what I, what we were saying earlier about ownership. Try and get away from it because a lot of people are going to see Ronald Jones there. I, I get it. I, I, I get it for what Leonard Fournette's done, but Ronald Jones is not Leonard Fournette. Um, I would rather play them running backs around him, like I say, and David Montgomery, Clyde Edwards-Alea and Miles Sanders all interest me this week. Yeah. Clyde Edwards-Alea is, is one I'd looked at as well, Mark. Um, I don't know Mark. what the status is at Mark. <laughs> how how used to saying Mark am I? Uh, I do apologise, Jack. Um, out, of, out of sight, clearly not out of mind there. Um, yeah, one of the things, Jack, that I had looked at, and I don't know what the latest is on this, but Tyree Hill and Travis Kelsey, are they both doubts going into the weekend? Yeah, they're both, well... Uh, again, this is anything with the COVID protocol, isn't it? You don't know if they've got COVID or if they've been near someone that's got COVID. So you yeah. get put on it for a number of reasons. Um, I, I don't know. They're both questionable going into it. If they're going to play, then that would not Clyde Edwards to lay down massively for me. Yeah, I think um, that's one of the things that I had seen. And that was one of the reasons I really like Clyde Edwards to this week was... If if those guys aren't on, then surely the the volume is is certainly going to be there for him. Um, potentially some of the receivers there for for Kansas as well, some of the cheaper receivers. But one of the other ones that I'd spotted on the list. Um, I want to know what you think on this one because he had a had a fairly quiet week last week, but. <laughs> Earlier on in the season, he was getting really, really involved in this New York Jets offense. But what are you thinking on on Carter this week against um, the Jets? Michael Carter burned me 
absolutely burned me last week. And again, I'm trying not to include recency bias within my process anymore. But there's two teams that I'm staying away from for fantasy purposes all the, all the way to the end of the season now. One's the New York Jets and one's the New York Giants. I have no interest <laughs> in any, I have no interest in any player that plays for a New York team. Yeah. Are we classing Buffalo in there as well as Buffalo, New York? Well, no, well, it's look- not, is it? But <laughs> <laughs> But I suppose the, it is. Yeah. yeah. The um, I, I I only I only say because I know earlier in the season there was a point in time where Michael Carter was I think the most targeted running back, um, and he he was having some really good games on the ground as well. You can see there that he he had had a week of, of 14, 16, 32, um, another eighteen slotted in there, and that's against Buffalo. But obviously he's had that injury. He came back last week. I'm with you. It is murky water over there in New York, but I, I, um... I think you have to remember as well with Michael Carr that when he was putting up them big numbers earlier on in the season, you had the whole wide receiver core there. So yep. the, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that teams are not too bothered about uh, Braxton Berrios like getting a few, like getting 10, 20 yards on them. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not bothered about that anymore. So they they're just going to look to shut down the run, um, get after Zach Wilson. Um, it's just, it's, uh, and uh, <laughs> totally off sub- subject, but Zach Wilson just looks like Sam Darnold to me. I don't. <laughs> I, it's like they drafted Sam Darnold again. Don't get it. But, um... <laughs> it looks like a slightly worse Sam Darnold, if anything, as well. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully, I'm proven wrong. But yeah, we'll see on that. Um, nearer the, I know we've mentioned Patterson there, Jack, but nearer the the, the top end of the running backs. Um, I know you've moved away from Najee Harris in a lot of your, your season longs, um, but if some of these running backs were confirmed to be starting, is there any interest at all in the likes of Swift against the Falcons, Jacobs against the Broncos, even Mixon against the Ravens? We mentioned that we like that matchup. Swift won't play again this season, I don't think. I, I, I. I... I know he's questionable every week to come back. I, I don't think... I, I just think the Lions... I mean, what have they got to play for now? They'd just be wise to shut him down. He's their prize yeah. asset. Um, what have they got to play for? Naji again, another player that absolutely... I, really, guys, you do need to stay away from this recency bias stuff. Like, Naji absolutely burned me on um, DraftKings last week. Um, killed me. Four points on here. Like, had a horrible game. 18 rushing yards. Uh, <laughs> just a just a horrible game. Um Outside of Patterson, I mean, J-Rob, he went back to his normal usage, didn't he, last week? Um, he did. Without yeah. Urban Wire there, which was nice to see. But I believe Clyde, uh, Carlos Hyde's back this week as well. So it will be interesting to see how the new coaching staff deploys he's cert- it. He's I, certainly I, I got think... the matchup there against the Jets, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's in- he's very interesting for the matchup, but he's also got a questionable tag next to him again, like most of these running backs. Josh Jacobs, I like the game script that they could be within that game, but it's a tough matchup against the Broncos running, uh, running defense. I mean, yeah. I, we're getting, when we get onto defenses, the Raiders are my favorite defense this week against Drew Locke. Like sit, start them, forget about it. Drew Locke turns the ball over something mental. So the game script is potentially there for Josh Jacobs, but I am a little bit wary because that is a tough run defense. He's going up against. Yeah. I think, uh, one of the, one of the... Go on. Sorry. I was just going to say one of the names you mentioned, Jack, was David Montgomery, and I'm going to I'm going to slot him in because I saw that the Seahawks can be run on this past week, yep. 
and he's had some decent weeks recently. And I think I think people will be put off by David Montgomery a because Chicago Bears are a, a little bit of a dumpster fire as it stands at the moment, and that said, obviously fired the head coach recently. Um, but coming up against Seattle on the road as well, I don't know if maybe that will put a few people off, though their season looks dead and buried. Um, but you were going to say something then, so... Uh, yeah, no, was it, just we're going back to David Montgomery quickly. He, he, do you know he saw 95, 95% of the running back um, snaps last week? That is a massive... Massive, massive share. Yeah, um, I mean, which is just, a rarity, even on yeah. even on some of the teams like uh, even on say like Tennessee, where Derek Henry is is in the Derek Henry even is tough to push ninety five percent on a weekly basis when yeah. Derek Henry's fit. So that is huge. Yeah, it's, it's massive. I mean, he just he, he he's he's a solid play. He's gonna he's gonna be lower owned, like you say. People are gonna look at Seattle and go, ooh. Seattle give up the thirty-first most fantasy points on the season to running backs. This is not. This is a lovely matchup. I mean, I like Justin Fields this week. If you if you want to get cheap at quarterback, Justin Fields has been putting up numbers in recent weeks as well. Another cheap option you could use. Um, but David Montgomery, I think you put him in low ownership. You're going to get on him. Like I say, I think a lot of people will look at Rojo near similar price. Look at Rojo and go, oh yeah, we play Rojo. Yeah. And there's a there's a game script for there for Rojo for a fumble and he's out the game. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Um, and I think a lot of people will pivot to him, especially because of the success Fournette has had recently in Tampa Bay's offence. I was going to say as well, if you wanted to go on to page two, there's Justin Jackson there with Austin Eckler up on the COVID list. Is that another one to monitor going into the weekend or is he confirmed that he will absolutely be out this weekend? Again, something to monitor. The Texans... One of those in the up in the yeah. air kind of thing, yep. Yeah. But it's a good matchup, and you get a nice value there at nine point four million. Um, the Texans give up the twenty seventh most fantasy points on the year to opposing running backs, so it's a good matchup. Yeah, that's a good spot because I think at this stage in the season now, I think there's uh, it felt like earlier in the season there was some some bargains to be had on this second page, but I feel like week on week now it, it's becoming fewer and far between on this second page, and yeah. less and less reliability there. Um, you know, a lot of the teams, even even where committees are in operation, there's, there's someone that has emerged as the one that's taking the most snaps in most instances. The only murky one is um, when both healthy, the, uh, the the Denver Broncos sure still concerns me. But yeah, and I think Montgomery's a really good play. I'm going to give this second running back position to you, Jack, to... <laughs> choose because I know that there's a few names down here like Miles okay. Sanders, like Edwards Allure that you've yeah. picked. They're very similarly we're, priced. Who are we going with? We'll play Miles Sanders. It's, we'll a, it's a great Miles yeah Sanders. it's a, a great matchup. Um so yeah yeah I like that. Love that. And are we both in agreement that two running backs is the way to go this week? Yes, most definitely. We'll move on then from that and we won't be returning to the running back <laughs> position. Um the wide receivers then so we we've already mentioned the Rams and the Vikings is a game that we really like. Is Justin Jefferson and Otto include them for you there as well? It's hard, isn't it? I mean, Dalvin Cook was my auto run back, but obviously Dalvin Cook's got COVID now. So, and I've already mentioned about Jefferson probably getting the shadow treatment off Jaden Ramsey. So maybe you move down to 
Adam Phelan, who's I, I think he'll be back this week anyway. Adam Phelan, so he, he'll play the slot role a lot for them. Nice and cheap, nice salary uh, saving there at thirteen point three million. He would probably bring my bring back. Um, I, I don't really have any interest in Tyler Conklin just because it's just it's a bit unpredictable at tight end for them there. Uh, KJ Osborne maybe if if uh, Phelan doesn't go, but I mean he's he's eight he's eight point one million KJ Osborne. Um, didn't have wow, the best of games. There, he? Yeah, didn't have the best of games last week. Only five point ten points, but up only twenty one receiving yards. But the week before, he had eighty three receiving yards and a touchdown against the Steelers. He had a pretty good game. Well, I say pretty good. He had a a receiving touchdown, forty seven yards, four receptions against the Lions. Yeah. But no doubt will have been priced reasonably cheap again there in that one. So you're not too disappointed with fourteen point seven when he's when he's priced as he is. I, I just I do worry with Jeff, Jefferson going up against Ramsey. I mean, look, Ramsey for me is the best cornerback in the league. I, you know, he's one of my favourite players to watch at that position. Um, so I, I really, but again, Justin Jefferson is one of my favourite wide receivers in the league. So I actually personally can't wait to watch this matchup this week because they're two of my favourite players. Um, it's going to be interesting. Is Justin Jefferson matchup proof? I guess we're going to find out this week. Yeah, I think. I, I do agree that I think Ramsey will be on him a lot. However, um, Raheem Morris's scheme has... They've been using Ramsey in some really strange ways this season where he's... They've almost had him in like... It's like almost like a, a hybrid cornerback role where there'll be times where he shadows wide receiver one. There's times where he's almost like a part of the linebacker group. It's, it's like the the... They're using him as like defensive player X, um, yep. including him in plays where they think, you know, they want him involved. Whether it's shadowing the quarterback, whether it's shadowing a running back, whether it's, um, you know, shadowing the top receiver, they just want him involved wherever possible. Because, like you said, for me, I completely agree. Pound for pound, he is the best cornerback in the league. Is is yep. one of the most physical cornerbacks in the league, if not the most physical. Um. And, you know, he, he completely shut Metcalf down this past week, which this season doesn't seem like that big of a deal because Metcalf's just not been the DK of old. Yeah. But No Tyler Lockett last week either, so that, that is... Well, that's, yeah. that's the thing, and that makes it all that bit more impressive for me is, is that he was getting more of the targets and yeah. he was still completely shut down by Ramsey. Ramsey just kept ro- cradling his arms, like rocking the baby kind of thing. And, and that is w- what it felt like watching it. It was like m- man against little baby boy, despite the size of DK Metcalf. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think I still think you can play Jefferson this week. Um, but I think against the Rams, it's it's always whoever the top receiver is that he's coming up against. It, it's always a tough sell when you've got that prospect of facing Ramsey there. So I do like that pick of Thielen at 13.3. And you get salary relief because we've, we've locked in Cooper Cup as well. So you get the salary relief. You do. Um, we're on four more players with 50 mil left. Obviously, we'll be going cheap at defence, Yep, Jack. But amongst the rest of the receivers, there's a couple of these games that we've mentioned. Like we said that the Chargers... Likely Herbert will be highly owned, so you would expect that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams will also eat in that ownership as well there. Yep. The Bengals and Ravens 
again, Chase and Higgins, there's been weeks where I've played both Chase and Higgins, but they're very similarly priced this week. Is there any interest for you there as well? There's a lot of interest. The Bengals receivers interest me a hell of a lot this week. And if I'm playing one, it's probably Jamal Chase for that deep bomb for it. Um, the, the, the Ravens have gone for it two weeks on the trot uh, to get the to go for two points at the end of the game to win the game because they can't go into overtime because they don't have any secondary. So yeah. I think Jamar Chase is a lock and I think he'll catch up. I, I, I reckon he's going to go nuts this week. I think he will be the slate breaker this week. It feels like someone that we pretty much have to include. Them. <laughs> yeah. My next question to you would be, as we are stacking Stafford and Cup already, there's a couple of the Rams receivers a little bit cheaper on this second page, Van Jefferson yeah. and Odell Beckham. Have you any interest there? Yeah, it's Odell Beckham for me. I mean, since he's gone to the Rams, he's just seeing an uptake in targets. Um, they're using him how he should be used um, as well. Is that sort of gadgety guy coming out the slot as well. It's kind of how the Giants used to use him. Used to use him all over on the wide receiver sets, which is how he should be used. Um, so I like it. I, he would be my play if we were going to play Odell, if we were going to play another Rams wide receiver this week. Yeah. Before I do move on to the tight ends and we come back inevitably to either wide receiver or tight end, Jack, yep. is there anyone else that we haven't mentioned here that you liked? Um, I mean, Russell Gage, but they've priced him up this week. He's just been seeing a lot of targets for the um, Falcons, hasn't he? 23 points last week, uh, 10 points the week before that, but then 22 against the Bucks the week before that. So he's he's been seeing a nice s- s- chunk of receiving yardage. Um but you do worry with the Falcons sometimes. They're just, I don't know, they're a weird team to watch. Weird team, yeah, they are. Yeah. That is exactly the, the, the right way to describe them. Weird, weird team. Um, Hunter Renfro, I believe, I think a lot of people will go there. I kind of might stay away from that because I think he might be shadowed by, is it Satan, the Broncos? Oh, he's had a really good season. Yeah, as well. especially with Darren, if Darren Waller's out, i I think Renfro might get the shadow treatment there because I think the Broncos would just say we'll try and beat us deep with Deshaun and uh, Zay Jones, who absolutely cost me in a drafting slate last week. Um, but anyway, we won't mention that. Zay, Zay, Jones, Zay Jones popping up with that Marvin Jones week last week. Zay Jones. He, yeah. he is another one who you can never play him week on week, but no. he will pop up once or twice a season and burn you. And that is Zay Jones. Um, in regards to that, that's probably it. Is there a couple of play- like? Can I just give you a couple of players that or games that I'm avoiding? Absolutely. Um, so a game that I am definitely avoiding is New England and Buffalo. Um, yes. I, I don't want no part of it at all. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. Um, the, the Bills have somehow got a run game going. Devin Singletree actually looks half decent. <laughs> Um, he did last week, and yeah, I actually yeah, thought yeah. of you when I saw him running one in. I thought uh, <laughs> there was a point actually. He, the, there was a play he didn't run it in, but he he went he sort of like went one way and then came back the other way. And I remember watching it, and I was thinking, "Oh my god, this guy looks like he's running with a piano strapped to his back." <laughs> um, he seems like he's going nowhere fast, but. Yeah. Um, like you said, he did actually have a, a decent game last week. Yeah, he did. He, he looks good. Um, so I, I just think the game's going to be very weird. I, I, I still really, obviously I'm not going to play him this week, but I do still really like Gabriel Davis, who looks the part now, and they are using him in the red zone um, a hell of a lot. He's just catching touchdowns for fun. He had two touchdowns last week. Again, 
it was someone that I used in my my build last week, Gabriel Davis. Um, so he had the two touchdowns last week, which was nice. Um, he's, he's seen a lot, a lot more of the snaps now that Sanders is out. Another player that I'm avoiding um, is Chase Claypool, who seems to have got the punishment treatment of Tomlin after um, his little incident in overtime the other week. Yeah, Chase, Clay- Chase Claypool is actually someone that I was avoiding just general fantasy season-long stuff all off-season because... I read a couple of articles about Chase Claypool. He's a bit of a knuckle, knucklehead off the field, throws a lot of tantrums. Tomlin's not going to stand for anything like that there. And you've seen it in the last week with James Washington and Ray J, uh, Ray J McLeod uh, out snapping him for targets and things. Stay clear wasn't, of Chase Claypool. Wasn't there that story in the off-season with Chase Claypool as well where he had apparently assaulted someone in yeah. like a nightclub or somewhere like that? Um, he does seem a bit of a head case, doesn't he? And that the other week is just that is the act of someone who is not in the sport for it's it might seem like such a small thing for someone that's casually watching the sport, but at that point in the game, yeah. what he did showed me that Chase Claypool is, is very much me, not team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I've not liked him all season to be honest. And even last season, I didn't like his volume in terms of receptions. Deontay Johnson was massively outweighing him on that side. It was just yep. that there was weeks where he was catching three touchdowns, really bumping yep. his figures up. Yep. So yeah, I've been off Clay Claypool pretty much all season as well. Um but yeah, Gabriel Davis. Interesting that you mentioned that one, Jack, because um, I know you were high on Davis going into the season with with some yeah. of the fantasy, like the dynasty lineups and stuff like that that you talk about. Um, but he, he's he's been really good in recent weeks. He's, he's been really good in recent weeks, and it's good to see as well because they brought in Sanders. I don't really know why. I, I, Sanders is kind of at the end of his career. Was once a great receiver. Um, you know, he's, he's coming towards the end of his career now, and I, I didn't really get the move in the off season when they done that. You you've already got your two main guys then you've got Gabriel Davis there as well. So I, I didn't really get that move in the off season when they've done that, but yeah, it's nice to see. Yeah. We will come back to the, uh, well, we'll potentially come back to the receiver position, but I want to move on to the tight ends. Um, we've already mentioned Gronk, who is, I think a, a safe play any week when Tom Brady's throwing the yes. ball. Um, is Gronk an auto include for you this week on revenge week for Tom Brady? I mean, if we can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we can afford it. That's the problem. I think if we are going to go cheap on defence, depending on who this final player will be, I have a feeling we can afford him. Lock the Raiders' defence and it's really cheap. Against Drew Lock. Wow, 7.1. Yeah, Yeah. it is cheap. It's too cheap, isn't it? It gives us 12.8 to then play with. So that then... It's whether we come back to the tight end position or whether we come back to the wide receivers. It is hard at tight end this week. I had this problem earlier. Um, it is it is hard. Uh, we put Kyle Pitts in for some reason. I don't. I, it's not a play. <laughs> it's not a play that I can get behind sometimes because I just um, I, I'm very wary of rookie tight ends. And I mentioned it on the show I done earlier. Pat Fryermuth is the tight the rookie tight end that you all wanted Kyle Pitts to be. Um, but Pat Fryermuth yeah. has got a concussion this week, so he might not even play. So we can't play Pat Fryermuth. <laughs> I did like Noah Fan. The, Ra- the Raiders are really suspect to uh, tight ends, but then I remembered it's Drew Lock. And if we're going to lock in the Raiders' defense, I, I certainly don't want to be bringing anything back on that. Yeah. Um, 
but he is someone that you could use if you went a different way with your build, for sure. Um, Jared Cook is someone that you could use as well if you wanted exposure to the Chargers. The the Houston Texans are 29th on the season to opposing tight ends. It's a nice matchup for him this week, but he is very touchdown or bust, Jared Cook. Like you, you need him to get into yeah. the end zone. Yeah, and, definitely. But maybe, maybe he does that this week with Austin Eckler out. You never know. Yeah, his name has actually come up a couple of times in recent weeks because he has had some um, tight end favourable matchups, shall we say, but he is touchdown dependent, like you said, Jack. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, if we was to go back to wide receiver, because I, I, to be honest, I, I, as I said to you, I, I don't really want to go near that Patriots and Bills game. I just, I, I don't like the look of it. I, I think that could be a game that's like 9-3, and I'm not even joking. It's going to be... <laughs> Very low scoring. I don't like that game at all. Um, so we've got 12.8 million left, have we? We have. I mean, if you really want to go nuts, we could put Odell Beckham in. Yeah, Odell is there. Gabriel Davis is there. But I know you said you don't want to touch that game. No. So for me, it's Odell. it seems sensible going with Odell, especially yeah. because he has had some of the, uh, the red zone looks in recent weeks as well. I like it. That's a big game stack that we've got there going on. Um, I know you only put up, I know you got one point against Seattle the other day, but the Rams didn't need to put up many points against Seattle. They just run the ball on them. So, yeah. And I think just going back to the tight end briefly, the Jack as well, because I know that Mark Andrews just had a, a massive weekend for you, didn't he, in, in some yes. of your lineups? Um, 28.5, 35.6 consecutive like him. weeks. Huge performances. Yeah. The question then would be, we've gone Odell and we've gone Gronk there. Before we finalise <laughs> this team and lock it in, do you prefer the Gronk and Odell purring there? Or have would you prefer to see Mark Andrews' name at the top of that team sheet with one of these budget wide receivers? I mean, we're going as far down as Michael Herbman then, which might seem a little bit more appealing if Hill and Kelsey are out, but then we're, we're, we're looking on page three <laughs> and that is, um, it, it's it's not pretty viewing. I, I certainly have zero interest in McCall Hartman. Do not, I, if you was to go on to page three, there is a play there that I like and it's Ty Johnson of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, is Antonio Brown even on this slate? I've not seen him. He, he's... Yes, he not, is. 15, he might... yeah, he's, yeah, he's 15.6 million. So he's well out. Oh, yeah. But he just snuck under the radar. <laughs> yeah, just sandwiched in between everyone. <laughs> um, I've mentioned KJ Osborne. Again, monitor Phelan. See if Phelan's out. Um, you could play KJ Osborne. Tyler Johnson of the Bucks would interest me if he was to go down there. I don't think you do. I think we stick with what we had. When we, it's a shame because if you did get Mark Andrews in, we've kind of got the the mini stack there of of another game which I like to do as well. It's another process yeah. I like to use where we've got the so we've got a Bengals player and a Ravens player. But unfortunately, just with this build, we can't really do it. The only way we could do it is go back to running back where you take maybe take David Montgomery out. You put Justin Jackson in, and then you could. Do something like that. I don't. I don't know. You could do something like that. I suppose. Yeah. But then you need you need stuff to go your way with COVID situations and things like that. Again, and this is just a, a theoretical. What if this happened? If Thielen was on the sideline, slotting in KJ Osborne, then gives enough to go with that. <laughs> yeah, um, and I would. I would love that. That's a nice. I like that a lot. 
In fact, I was, not, I, was, not I, was in. Trying to, I was trying to do the maths in my head then as I was looking, and I thought, why am I doing this? Fan team does the maths for me when I, when I switch the players around. Lock but what am I thinking of that? Yeah, lock that in. I like it. Yeah, I, do you know what? And I really like that because as much as I like Odell and I like the looks he's been getting, yeah. um, for me, I think that feels like the safer pick. And KJ Osborne... He could just be that under the radar receiver this week where he gets some of the looks because yeah. Jefferson is being shadowed if Thielen isn't quite 100% and ends up on a bit of a snap count, maybe. Yeah. Um, at 8.1, he's still reasonably cheap. Um, yeah. But to me, Jack, that is a really strong lineup, and I do like, um, though I have been. So not not so much in the red zone contest, but in season long, I've not been an advocate of twin tight end in season long because mm-hmm. I think it works in the red zone slates because it's it's a one off just yeah. based on that weekend those games, but it is a volatile position week to week the tight end position we know that, but to be able to slide in Mark Andrews and Gronk yeah. at the top <laughs> of that lineup and still have Cup. Jamar Chase, Stafford, Montgomery, Sanders, throughout the rest of the lineup. I am really pleased with how this has actually turned out this evening. It's great. I mean, it's, even the defense is great. Like you've, the, the Raiders are—they're uh, an okay defense. They're going up against Drew Locke yeah. at home, at home as well. So that is a prime example, I think, of when we were talking earlier about a lineup that could win this. I certainly don't think you'd be coming last with this lineup. But this is the kind of lineup where obviously people could go and enter this lineup now because we have built it, unfortunately. But this is the kind of lineup where this could win you a slate because there's so much ceiling with this lineup, position on position. And likely will be lower owned as well in there. Well, I'm going to be locking in. Yeah, I might join you there. On the, I say I might join you. I will absolutely <laughs> join you on that. Absolutely, no doubt there. That pretty much brings us up to close. So, in summary, the lineup that myself and Jack have built this evening. Um, I think Mark could be happy with this one as well. I hope he is. I can't wait to uh, to hear from you. Have T Higginson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think he would complain as well that we've got two tight ends in because I know that Mark's not a big tight end fan. Uh, one thing he will be pleased about though is we didn't really talk about defense that much. So we have Matt Stafford in at quarterback. We have David Montgomery, Miles Sanders at running back. Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase and KJ Osborne round out our receivers. Mark Andrews and Rob Gronkowski at tight end. So we've gone the twin tight end route. Um, and finishing the lineup, we have the Raiders defense at home to the Denver Broncos. That is a great lineup. We've got 500k left in the bank and I really do not care, Jack, because that is a strong lineup and I am not bothered that we're leaving money on the table there. It gives us, I think, an opportunity to take some money off the table come the end of the slate. Exactly. Fantastic. That rounds us off. Best of luck, anyone that is playing week 16. We are coming up to the business end of the season now, so make sure that you put your research in, put the hours in before you put your lineups together. Make sure you do gamble responsibly. 
Jack, as always, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and I certainly hope it's not the last time we see you before the end of the season as well. There's still a lot of football to be played between now and February. Um, but where can the listeners find you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at JackHumphreyKM and with the cool kids on TikTok at JackHumphreyKM <laughs> as well. <laughs> and the even cooler kids with the spaces. I don't know if we'll have a space. I doubt we'll have a spaces this weekend because it's Christmas. But um, Spaces is, is usually live on uh, Saturday evenings, I think, yep. has been the popular window for Spaces. So keep an eye on Twitter going forward because Jack has been hosting Spaces. I've been on there a few times myself. Um, th- there's rumour that Marvin Jones is going to guest star one week on Spaces <laughs> as well. Uh, <laughs> but we're waiting. Has- Asbully, yeah. Asbully's definitely coming on, stealing some phones and uh, (laughs) dropping some bombs on people. Uh, But no, thanks as always, guys, for listening. Remember, catches for sure, touchdowns for dough. I hope everyone has a fantastic Christmas. Stay safe over the holiday period. Uh, Look after your loved ones, look after yourselves, and we will hopefully see you again next week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.